0: Welcome back to episode 38 of the Run It Three Ways podcast. Today's episode is going to be a pretty special one. I still can't quite believe what happened in Latvia over the weekend, but today we're going to take a deep dive into the race that saw Callum become the second best in the world, as well as the European record holder over the road mile distance, as well as all the action from the road running world champs. I've got some stories from Macedonia to tell the boys, but how are we doing?
1: How are we doing, lads? Good to see you, good to catch up. I can't believe we've actually managed to uh, record so um, hassle-free. It was pretty well organised from us this week. Yeah,
2: two weeks on the spin.
1: I know, people, I got so many messages from people saying like, you better not leave it three weeks last time. And uh, <laughs> the listeners, Ben, you just messaged us to say the listeners was, the numbers were pretty good last week, so. Yeah, um, yeah, th- than usual, so. Thanks for tuning go. in, people.
0: Yeah, we've got a lot to jump into this week.
1: I know, class. How are you? 55 you... on a Wednesday. Yeah, what you guys been up to? Ben, I know you've been away. Tom, what have you been up to? You know what?
2: I've, I've not been up to much. Um works busy as always, but I've I've managed to keep my feet on the ground this week. Uh and I've not been jetting off anywhere. So what does, it's actually what, quite nice.
1: What does work look like in a post Berlin marathon kind of week for you?
2: Well, Callum the, the the content doesn't sleep does it as you know too well um so there's always we're always just moving on to the next thing so we got uh the new 1080 that launches soon so there's plans in place that have been sorting out for that um and then it's the clock change this is the thing which is going to take up the most of my time it's the clock change on the 29th of October uh and we normally have like a big internal brand campaign push thing like a winter running campaign which mm. you know you did the last one didn't you Ben? Um, yeah, I remember it's, Yeah, it's quite involved with, you know, a few runners involved with it, lots of different outfit changes, outputs to plan and all that kind of stuff. So that's what's been taking up most of my time, work And, and, and that's, when
1: you, that's when you do it. So you do it the day that the clocks go back or forward or whatever they do.
2: Yeah, well, that's that's when it should go live, ideally. Like that's when the campaign should launch is on the 29th of October, in line with the clock change. So between now and then, i have got to try and plan it all.
1: Um, are you doing anything for Chicago?
2: Not doing anything for Chicago, unfortunately. But I had a call with New Balance about Valencia uh, about an hour ago, so could could end up being in Valencia. Bit of winter sun, you know.
1: Yeah, Ben, what are you? Do- are you doing anything for Valencia that you can announce or not announce?
0: Uh, no, I'll be away for Valencia this year. Oh yeah, I'll you'll still be, be in attendance.
1: Yeah, I was going to say the reason I ask is because Val- I was speaking to Johnny Miller this weekend, and I didn't realise how many Brits, like top Brit, Mar- top british marathoners what actually racing valencia it's going to be crazy um it sounds like you know pretty much every man and his dog is doing it so
0: yeah uh, it always it always seems to come around then you just find out that everyone's doing it yeah it's one of those that if you want to run, run a fast marathon before christmas then it's a great opportunity
1: yeah i think this year especially because a lot of basically because 208 is the like 208 10 is the yeah. time that they need but if you're a runner that's running 209 210 211 there's literally no point you trying to run like a 209 pb or a 210 PB. yeah yeah they're you all ha- going
0: to be going for that yeah that qualifying standard so, so there'll be a massive group
1: yeah exactly like 64 flat at half halfway i feel like there's going to be so many people and as to who dies or pulls it out of the bag in the second half will be It'll be interesting to see. And then is what? What's Kipton doing? Is he Chicago this week?
2: He's doing Chicago. Yeah, I've put it in the notes for us to uh for us to talk about Chicago because it's sort of gone under the radar a little bit after Kipton was announced to do it. We've not really heard much or spoken about it. But I've seen the. I've got the full list of. Um, it's this
0: weekend, isn't it?
2: Yeah, I've got the full field up, and there's some bloody big names. in How
1: there. how is it like so? Like, is it just because Berlin is on a pedestal? Like, how is Chicago just, like, not really talked about as a major?
2: Yeah, I don't know. I don't know if it's because... Ugh, am I chatting sh- shit? I might be by saying that they haven't always had, like, the strongest field. It's normally very strong from a domestic yeah, West standpoint, yeah. but not necessarily.
0: But it's meant like, to be the fastest world major, isn't it? Or uh, no, after um, after it? Berlin?
1: Yeah, Berlin's, yeah, def- be really Berlin's fast. definitely fastest. I don't know. Well... I've been telling people for years that Chicago's called the windy city, right? Yeah, yeah. And I thought that was because it was actually windy. Yeah. And, but then I got told that apparently it's a, like a, um, a phrase that's to do with their politics because they like the politics keeps changing like more frequently than other major cities. So it's like the, the change of the winds. So now I don't know which of those is correct. It could be both. It could be one. Um, but yeah, for years I've been telling people, no, no, no Chicago It's windy mate. It's always windy. Um, And maybe that's just a political thing. I don't know.
2: Well, apparently, uh, back in 1876, there was a tornado that blew through the city. Um, (laughs) And so there's a double meaning of windy city. It's political, but also apparently it was used in 1876 uh, to refer to the tornado that tarnished the city. So there we there we go. Yeah, but In, I'm, re- uh, I'm
1: reading here that Boston, New York and San Francisco do all have higher winds. So you'd think the Windy City should be the windiest one. But hmm. there you go. Anyway, sorry for a little uh, side quest there.
0: In other um, exciting news, which is completely unrelated to, to Marathon running, Run-In, we just got a new flush on our toilet today. So um, oh. <laughs> I just thought I know, wanted to share that with you.
2: Yeah, do, do you know what? I was, I was racking my brain to try and think of what I could talk about on this <laughs> podcast this week because I've really not done much uh, to... mention at all but to mention i've got a new to mention (laughs) got a new shower head oh um
0: you know you're getting close to well you know you're in in adulthood when you get excited about a new flush on the toilet and an improvement on the shower head
1: so what new flush what we're talking is that like the the mechanism is it like the is it a a button or is it a little handle
0: it's just the handle the usual one but we've been having a few problems with our flush to the point where (laughs) it just got worse and worse over the last few months to the point where you had to basically flush it about 100 times before you actually got the water to go down the bowl so now just one little flush the water goes away you never you never see your uh, your floating turds ever again happy Who, days
1: who's who's, do, great who's done that for you is that like a handyman that does other jobs or is he a specialist plumber
0: uh, i think it's just a handyman i think it was Amelia's dad oh um, very nice Well, I went uh, away and came back and there's a new flush, so happy days.
1: And Tom, your shower head, has that got multiple settings in terms of like, can you turn the water, can you like flick the little thing around like you get at a hotel sometimes so you get different uh, types of waterfall, if you know what I mean, or is it just standard?
2: Yeah, you're dead right. It's got a little switch thing on it. But this, where I live, it's a very old building. So I've got one of those showers where you like press the button on that plastic mechanism and it takes ages to heat up and the shower head i had before was was awful like the pressure was was appalling but i came back from berlin and um samantha bless her heart, she'd uh, she'd purchased a new shower head off amazon so it arrived attached it on and it is it's is groundbreaking the difference <laughs> it makes to be honest i now look forward to showering um so
1: yeah uh, unreal unreal well mm. i've not got any uh, new appliances i don't think i'm just looking around now No, No, nothing seems new. How's Uh, your air fryer? We've not spoken about your air fryer. Oh yeah, yeah, it's a a beauty. It's it's, it's, still a game changer. Yeah, it's fantastic. Um, Probably
0: one of the main reasons you uh, you ran so quick over the weekend, would you say?
1: Yeah, just, just things that you don't consider that you could use the air fryer for. You start to gradually implement different things in. I mean, we often make like a sweet potato aubergine curry type thing, chickpeas. Mm. Like That's very nice. And always we've just put the aubergine in the pan with the with the other stuff you're cooking. And recently we've started air frying it separately. And it gets this really nice crispy texture that when you add to the curry, once it's sort of complete and it's all congealing together, it's just, it's, yeah, it's, it's very nice on the palate. So there's a lot of different things you can do with the, uh, with the air fryer that you just wouldn't think of.
2: Yeah, you've got me going with that. I can imagine the the aromas that must be floating around the Kalamelson residence oh, whilst, yeah, you're, it's, whilst you're making that. It, I bet it's lovely. Yeah,
1: windows open job. Windows open yeah. job. Yeah.
2: Anyway, but you can cut this out, right? But um uh, what what vacuum cleaner do you boys use? Because I need a new one.
1: I got a quite a cheap one off Amazon because we needed yeah, one, we needed same one for me. that could lay flat enough to be hidden under the sofa because we don't have much storage. Yeah. Would you recommend yeah, we... it? Does a job? How big's the house? Like how much floor? Is it wood or carpet? It's carpet. Ah, oh, no, you need a good one if it's carpet, mate. Yeah. We it.
0: brought the um the Amazon Basics one and it's actually half decent.
1: It, Is, it? It? Is it? The... Yeah, we've
0: had it for about six months and it's still doing a decent job.
1: Is it the two-in-one corded one? It looks like it's going to fall apart any, any put thing. <laughs>
0: I don't think so. It's just a classic, like Henry Hoover type thing.
1: Ah, uh, mm. interesting. Okay, I'll send yeah, the decent. one. I'll send the one we've got. Cool. Right? Yeah,
0: well, yeah, there, I'll, I'll there forward you the link.
2: <laughs> nice one. If any listeners also want to help me out and send me some links to a uh, not extortionately priced but effective vacuum cleaners, that would be that would be fantastic. Th-
1: Thirty-five quid the one we've got. Thirty-six That's quid. Good. Yeah, that's
2: really good. Happy days. Um, anyway, this is actually an exciting episode with many things to talk about. So we should probably do some Get on with it. chat, shouldn't we? Yeah. yeah.
1: Shall I go through my week? Are we, yes, go- are we Are we going through the weeks, yeah?
0: We've got to go through the weeks, yeah.
1: Right. Okay. September 25th. This was Monday. I did um, 7.7 miles in the morning at six flat. This was one mile easy, five mile at like sub tempo. So like a bit f- between tempo and moderate pace. So that averaged out about 5.35 uh per mile and then another mile easy so that was seven miles total and then I had some strides afterwards four times fifteen second strides. Um yeah that was Monday morning and then I had an earlier than expected double well not than expected than I I'd, ideally I would plan. Um, So I did that morning run at, what, 9.17, according to Strava. And then I was already doubling at 2 p.m., so pretty early. Um, And that was just an easy double, 4.25 miles at 6.41. And I know what you're thinking. You're thinking, why would you double that early? Well, I had exciting plans on uh, Monday evening because uh, (laughs) Mike Trees, (laughs) some of you might know him on Instagram, run.nrg, His account. Tell me his dad. Yeah, Tommy Tommy Trees' dad, three hundred and something thousand followers. He's um he lives in New Zealand, but he was over um visiting they did a couple of triathlons in uh, Europe and then he was overseeing his son Tommy in London. And if you're Mike Trees, the uh Iron Man Masters World Champion and you're coming to <laughs> London, what's the one thing that you want to do? Evening entertainment. Of course, I know what you're thinking, Abba voyage. So he oh, wanted, hey. So he wanted to go and watch the uh the new holograms of ABBA that are available at the ABBA arena in East Where London. Where is that? Uh, like in the middle of nowhere in East London. It's like near Stratford. Yeah. Um,
0: I yeah. saw it advertised on the train when I was going through Stratford the other day.
1: Now, let me tell you, absolutely unreal right you don't need to be an abba fan for this i'm not a big abba fan i just know the big songs and stuff like that but the the technology is absolutely nuts right you might be able to find some pictures or videos but they like are super strict they have people walking around to make sure you don't film or video to try and like not ruin their illusion and experience for experience, for other people but it's you know there's the standing tickets all seated it's very like it's quite intimate it's not massive but there's a good atmosphere and i tell you what it was actually unreal um the the future i don't know how much it costs to do all that sort of stuff probably millions and millions but if they can roll that out to other industries like sports or whatever you could literally like the movement was class like you if you did that with kipchoge right or or a or a football match like in the future i reckon we'll be able to go to a football stadium and you'll be able to watch your team play even though they're playing in another country do you get what i mean yeah, yeah. And like see them as three D holograms. Yeah, it was sick. Anyway, so I did that Monday evening. Um just thought I would mention that because So it's the
0: NRG Christmas party vibe, wasn't it? NRG like
1: NRG Christmas party, yes. Yeah. So I saw there's... it on Instagram. Becky Briggs, Tommy, Trees, myself, uh Tommy's dad Mike, and then uh Tommy Leaming that does some photos and videos for us. Um yeah, and it, and uh, Mike's suitcase got stuck on his connecting flight, so he's gone to Aba Voyage. Or, or Voyage, Voyage. Uh, he's gone to Aba Voyage in uh, the uh, New Balance SC Elite V3. So uh, he, had, he had his carbon, oh, he had his carbon on with jeans for the uh,
0: <laughs> geneable.
2: Uh, are they geneable? Because I, I I I'm not sure. I think that's a way? stretch.
1: I don't know when you when you Mike trees. I think anything's geneable. He's got such a good athletic prestige. Mm. Um, that I think you can get away with it, to be honest. But if your bag was, if your suitcase was lost and all you had was them, it's not the end of the world. You know, they're still like kind of a cool shoe. Um, but yeah, personally, personally wouldn't wouldn't take them with, with jeans, no. Mm. Um, shorts, you could, I guess. But anyway, I digress. Um, so that was Monday. Tuesday, I had a session. So down at Eddington, which is our road loop that we use. This was a really good session, actually. So I did, the, the group session was supposed to be five, or six times five minutes. But because I was racing, I just did reduced volume. So I did four by five minutes. Cool. Uh, One hell of a group here on Strava. Yeah. Off two minutes, 15 seconds ish rest. Uh, basically enough time for like everyone to group back together. Um, so I did those at about four thirty per mile. Um, and then I had a few faster reps afterwards. So I just had 90 seconds, 60 seconds, 30 seconds, all at around gold mile pace, just like a good hard effort, basically. Um, yeah. And that was class. Um really good session, like way faster than I should have gone that was on the plan, but I just felt really good. I, w- I was aware that I had a race, so I was kinda like, don't go across the red line. But halfway through the rep I just look at my watch and be like, bloody hell, like you know, feels like I'm running kind of twenty seconds slower. So obviously in hindsight, I was in really good shape and it was a great session. Um so yeah, did that. Good sesh. Um doo-doo-doo. Wednesday I had a just a single easy run, seven point nine two miles at seven twenty fours. Uh, this was actually kind of like a fartlek because I helped Alice with her session. So I can't remember exactly what she had, but it was something like
0: Alice is doing sessions.
1: Can't remember what it was. Yeah. Yeah. Alice <laughs> Alice does one session a week. She's been doing one session a week for like, for, I don't know, six months or something like that. Oh, nice. Maybe, maybe more. Yeah. She, she does just does one a week. She enjoys doing some kind of like intervals or, you know, minute Structured. on, minute off. Or... Structured run. Yeah. She said it just makes the runs go. People might be able to relate to this like it it just makes it go a little bit quicker it's a bit more exciting than going out and running for 40 minutes if you can split, yeah, yeah. if you can split that mm-hmm. into doing like i don't know 8 by 3 minutes or something like that just kind of helps it go by so yeah I helped it with that which is good because it's kind of my still within my easy run zone so um we can go together and chat which is nice is Thursday. she
2: training for anything
1: alice yeah she's doing her first 10k race actually uh in next weekend. yeah yeah not this weekend coming the weekend after fifteenth of October it is, the Cambridge Town and Gown ten k. No, so nice. yeah, she's she's obviously run ten k like out by herself, but she's never done a ten k race. So I think she's well. I, I say she's looking forward to it. I've got no idea. Um, but I could... is
0: it something she she um, signed up for herself, or did you encourage her to do? No, so?
1: no, 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 no. I I don't have any sort of she just does whatever she wants. She just loves exercise, like she loves going to the gym, doing a spin class, doing some running, whatever. I think over the summer when the weather has been better and it's lighter, she really likes getting into the running and then as it gets yeah, yeah. more to the winter and it's dark and rainy and that sort of so prefers to do more of the gym classes and different stuff like that. So she just it's she did the Cambridge half and I think really enjoyed the atmosphere like a, like a lot of people when you do your first race. Mm. Until you've done it you can't really um when people tell you what the atmosphere is like, you can't really buy into it until you've experienced it. And I think she loved the fact that like people were like seeing that she had Alice on a number and like shouting Alice or whatever, and then ran so much faster than she runs normally on her runs by herself. Cause she was like, wow, like I'm in a race. This is pretty cool. Um, so with it being local in Cambridge, I think she just wanted to sign up for another one. So um, yeah, if anyone's doing that, I'll be there. Cambridge town and gown, drop us a message. Let us know. Um, I won't be running, but there you go uh where was i that was wednesday so this is thursday i did seven miles with six times 20 second strides off 40 seconds rest literally nothing to report on that run um
0: with these strides that you do in your weekly training do you program them into your watch or do you just roughly run like 20 seconds then press lap or something like that
1: yeah it's exactly what i do i just split i like press slap split and then i run and then when it hits 20 seconds i hit lap split again makes sense um primarily because on my easy runs i never know I like you'll see i don't repeat the same route very often um so i never know exactly when i'm gonna get back to the the strides location which is yeah. my street um your bollards yeah although i've not been <laughs> i didn't do any bollard practice because i i thought you know world athletics likelihood of having bollards, <laughs> likelihood of having bollards on the course is probably low um
0: you just did a few reps for your for your shoulder muscles
1: just did straight lines exactly that ironically i mean we'll get we can get onto the shoulder thing later but i've actually had like a really bad shoulder this is the irony of like him commenting that i have muscular shoulders in that article is i've been seeing my physio emma for the last couple of weeks about like i've had a terrible bad back since i got back off holiday um all from my shoulders but anyway this is the hardest week to follow ever by listeners i apologize this is, just, <laughs> this is this is absolute gibberish but we're we'll getting to the good bit so basically just to give you some context if you've if you've about to switch off, it's now Thursday. <laughs> <laughs> it's now Thursday. I've flown to Riga. I've got there pretty late uh in the evening. And now I've woken up on Friday morning and I've done 7.88 miles at 703. Um with basically all the guys we had there. Um so that was just a run to try and get our bearings basically out and back along the river path, which is quite nice. Um, lovely city, Riga, bit like Budapest, bit like Prague, one of those kind of cities. Um, yeah, was very nice. And the weather was pretty decent as well for running very overcast. Um, so that was Friday and the rest of that day consisted of walking my one mile course to kind of see what it was like, uh, see what the state of the turns was, see the elevation, that sort of stuff. And then sitting around and pretty much doing nothing. Um, but yep, that was that uh saturday i had my pre-meet pre-race i absolutely pissed it down about five minutes into the run uh and i got absolutely drenched um but you know it's what it is i did my normal jog and then i did three times 20 second strides and then two times 10 second strides um literally as normal other than the fact that on the 10 second strides i tried to i made sure i went from a standing start normally i kind of like roll into my strides um but i needed to practice kind of getting off the line a little bit so did some standing start if anyone wanted the details makes sense cool uh that's saturday sunday uh was the race so shake out in the morning uh, i was racing at 10 past one local time so just did what i normally do basically started my warm-up at 10 past 12 an hour before um standard warm-up that i do then i had the race and then i did my cool down so race was a mile cool down was a bit longer three and a half and that that's was... it
0: you just did a race and then you cooled yeah, down jumped. brilliant <laughs> I'm,
1: just, I'm just gonna i'm gonna come back I'm gonna come back, to it. I'm gonna come back to it um so that left me on 60 point 60.6 miles for the week so 60 mile week um but yeah obviously everything was just building towards um the race which to be honest um it's, it's, it's hard to talk about in the sense that I feel like all I've done since the very second I finish is discuss with people like about the race, about this, about that, whatever. And you know, kind of, I think we've talked about this before on the podcast when you've done so much or you've been so busy that your brain can't process like what things to tell people. Yeah. You know, like yeah. Sometimes when you come home from a busy day and you're like, say to your governor, or whatever, you're like, Oh, I, I've got something to tell you, but I can't quite remember what it is or, you know, I've done so much today that I can't actually process the order that I'm going to tell you things. So it sounds like I'm being super like basic about the race, but like, it was just a mile on, on the road. Do you get what I mean? And like, yeah, it was, it's hard to like break down exactly how I was feeling, what I did. I like almost need to watch it back and like watch the videos. Charlie's taken of me to be like, Oh yeah. So that's how I was feeling. Oh, like I looked like that. Like this is where I was on the course, like that sort of thing. It's weird to, to process it because normally after you finish a race, it's pretty easy to just like you then just get along with things but this because it was pretty high profile came with so much other stuff like i've never spent so long doing like the media and the interviews and then um i had to go to like get all get my shoes tested for like the dimensions and all that sort of stuff to make sure they're like legit um but yeah i think the best way of doing (laughs) it i was thinking boys just because rather than me completely undersell it and um stuff is you ask me some questions, just like what you're interested in knowing either about the race or the trip or whatever. And I think that way I can maybe give some answers of what, what is interesting. Otherwise I'll just do a big monologue about a one mile race and it'll probably not do it justice.
2: Perfect. Sounds good to me. I think um, one thing we've had comments on before from listeners is uh, maybe talking and assuming that everybody knows exactly what we're talking about all the time. So maybe to begin with, it'd be good to provide a little bit of context as to exactly what this event is Why you're in Latvia running a one mile on the road and like just the, the significance of it all. Cause it's a pretty big event. Yeah.
1: That's a good point. That's a good point. So everyone knows the world uh, like track championships. So you have your out, you have outdoor track, you have indoor track, and then you have cross country that people kind of recognize as running sports. Each of those has their respective world championships every two years. And then obviously, as you know from this podcast, we mainly talk about kind of road running on here. Road running has become massive. You have the world majors. It's kind of where a lot of the money is in the sport, all that sort of stuff. So World Athletics want to make a world road running championships to kind of join those other existing events that will happen every two years, where they will have a half marathon, which has always existed, the World Half Champs, but they've rolled into it a 5K and a mile with the hope that they can bring together, you know, the world's best 1500 runners all the way to half marathon runners and have this kind of like big celebration of uh, road running. Um, So how I qualified for that was Britain held a champ championships where you needed to have a qualifying time, either your 1500 meters or your mile time. Then you had to go to the British champs, which was in Newcastle, which we spoke about on the last pod. Um, And then the winner of that would be selected to go and represent Britain. Other countries did similar ish things. Um, So you had, People from Kenya, USA, Japan, all the countries you can imagine. Uh, There's about 35 people, I think, on the start line. Um, And yeah, there was a 5K, a mile and a half marathon. And that's kind of the, the, the premise of it. So right now, it's not the most prestigious event in terms of people are still learning like what the hell actually is this or what is this new thing. But the idea is in five, six, 10 years, it just fits in seamlessly with the schedule. So one year, you'll have the outdoor champs and the road champs and then the next year you'll have the indoor champs and the cross country and then they'll just keep alternating like that. um so i think over the years it should build some kind of good prestige and credibility and decent prize money and stuff so you might get some road runners opting to do a world half champs rather than say you know a copenhagen half or like the existing halves that are, that are quite popular. um so yeah that's kind of a little summary if that makes sense.
0: Yeah definitely. Yeah. I wanted to I wanted to ask you a little bit about how you mentally prepared for the race. Obviously, on the start line, with you said thirty-five other people.
1: Yeah, thirty-five. I think
0: these are technically the best mile road runners across the world. Like, how do you even put yourself in a headspace where you believe that you're going to do well and give yourself the opportunity to basically contest for a medal?
1: Yeah, it's it's interesting. Like, uh, two two things I think is one. I think I've become good at accepting like if I genuinely do my best and give myself like a good shot and I've no regrets, then the place or the time is kind of irrelevant. So if I did my best effort on the day and gave myself a shot, didn't run like an idiot and made sure that I put myself in contention and then I finished last, it's like, okay, cool. Like I was ready to accept that fate. So I think if you're ready to accept the consequences of failure and be like, that's not that bad. Like worst case, I get to leave here and be like, I was last at the world champs. I'm still at the bloody world champs. You know, it's, I was so cool with that, that I didn't go into it fearing the consequences. I wasn't thinking like, Oh, what if I fuck up here? Or, you know, what if I let people down Or, or do whatever? I wasn't fearing the outcome instead i was thinking like what think about the positive outcomes like this could actually be crazy imagine if you do well you know if you do bad it's like all right cool you did bad never mind learning experience we move on if you do well literally in four minutes it could like properly change change your life sounds like some sort of like you know major thing but you gotta remember i'm 24 i don't have kids i don't have whatever i've not been through many life-changing events to win like a global medal for me in athletics terms is like life-changing um And what I tend to do, and this is a great piece of advice I would give to people, whether you strike yourself as like, whether you admit to yourself, you're an emotional person or not, racing is an emotional thing, whether it's like arrogance, nerves, whatever on either either scale. And on race day, I find is like the worst possible time to try and tackle your emotions because that's when your nerves are at your highest. You're likely to not be thinking logically. You've got loads of external factors that are going to stop you kind of thinking straight. So Mm. the night before or two days before or whenever you're going to be like in a calm, logical mindset and you've had conversations with your coach or your friends or whoever, like write down what you're thinking there or write down what you want to read, what you want your like race day self to read, if you see what I mean. Um, And I do that like a lot before big races, the night before when I'm in kind of a calm mindset, write down on a little notepad, like a couple of things that I want to remind myself the day that I'm going to race, take that with me in my bag and then make sure like, when I start to feel a bit nervous so you get that feeling in your belly when you're a bit like, Oh shit, like God, I've been saying, this has been weeks away, then days away, then hours away. Now it's only, you know, 25 minutes or whatever. You can like flick through that little note that you've given to yourself and be like, all right, that's what you actually think. You know, when you were, yeah. when you weren't nervous, that's what you actually believed. So that's the, that's the mindset you kind of got to have. Um, and I think no matter what level you're racing at, like if you're building up for like a marathon or a park run or whatever, and that's how you're going to handle it. Like you can still do that. You know, it's personal to you um so that's what i did and i wrote down on the this little i've actually saved it which is quite good um this little radisson blue uh, hotel notepad that, that had in the that had in the hotel this little scrappy bit of paper um like put i can't remember word for word but put down you know different notes and whatever and like the things that i remembered was like i, I put like run with personality and like authority so put yourself in the races if you're someone who deserves to be there and and run run as if you're a contender basically because that's when i run best when i put myself in a chance to be like no no no, that's my bit of the road like i don't care if you've been to olympics before like that's my bit of the road so i'm staying there you know like run with that kind of authority and then equally run with personality in the sense that when you're in a call room with all these guys that have done these amazing things and got this time and you've heard this person's earning this amount of money and all this sort of stuff you can either shrivel up inside yourself and be like okay, I'm not going to say a word because I'm too scared. Or you can go, oh, I need to act really cool and I need to act like them. So you try and copy other people. And actually you're then not yourself and it's yourself that got you this far. So the personality thing is like, for me, it's like, just just be yourself. Like, what do I normally do? Do I normally like laugh and joke with a steward about like letting me on the front line? Yeah, I would. Okay, I'm going to do that. I'm not going to be embarrassed to be seen like I'm doing this. Or if I do a certain stretches and warm-up drills, I'm not going to think, oh God, I better not do that one because you know people might think that's not what I should be doing. It's like, no, that's what I do. So just do it like be yourself kind of thing. Um,
0: yeah, so then... I think that's some really good advice. Like I've been in, in races recently where there's been guys that are so much faster than me and I've almost let that get in my head. And like you know people talk about imposter syndrome you're like there's all these people in the race and they they've run this time like um for example at the vitality 10k um when i was on the start line i saw oscar bell Um, you probably know him tommy he's coached by uh andy and sure on is. paper he's run like 29 something low on the track for for 10k so when the race started i thought oh i better not run with him he's he's a minute quicker than what i can run um and that kind of like not got in my head but i wasn't really running with my personality in terms of the fact that i wasn't like right i'm going to run my race blah blah blah. in the back of my mind i was always like oh he's run this i better not go anywhere near him if you know what i mean so i think that piece of advice is is really good because it makes you focus on purely what you're doing obviously in in your race you had like the Hobbs kester you went on to win it like all these guys that somebody's run 330 on the over 1500 you could quite easily have got caught up in like what other people were doing and and started changing the way you prepare but i think yeah that's some good advice to give yeah yourself. and,
1: and you, don't get me wrong like you've got to have some realism as well that's the other thing is that it's important to recognize like you've got to run your own race it's not saying oh everyone you can you know as long as you believe in yourself you can beat anyone it's like that's not like how it works and mm. fitness and physiological kind of development and stuff all comes into it but I think that it was easy enough for me to process in the sense that it's a road mile in at the end of September or start of October you've got no idea what shape people are exactly in and you've got no idea what people's credentials over a road mile are so you kind of I'd basically said look I've got as much right as anyone to give it a good go and it's only a mile it's not like you're lining up for a marathon where you're like hang on if I get it really wrong here it could go very wrong it's like okay if I slightly overcook it 800 then like okay i'm not going to finish where i want to finish but i'll still be around there you know i might lose by a couple of seconds or yeah yeah. five seconds it's not kind of you're not going to die on your ass in the
0: last half of the race because you went out a little bit quick
1: yeah like the you you haven't got the prospect of being like oh if i get this wrong i'm going to have 21 kilometers running by myself and it's going to be horrible you know it's slightly easier thing to process um so yeah, in terms of like before the race and and that sort of stuff, I was just like try and get myself in a decent, um, a decent mindset. But and and my goal was to come in the top ten. Uh, well, ideally top eight, but kind of be- just because the British athletic selection policies for future races they all merit if you've if you've finished in the top eight that's kind of like a tick next to your name to say that you've yeah. performed well at the champs so I was like look there's a good chance to get a top eight show that i can perform well and then if i go on to get future qualifying times or whatever it kind of gives me a little bit of credibility against all these other guys that have you know already done that kind of thing um so i was i was ready to kind of you know give it a good go obviously i didn't know i was going to come second um and I didn't know that some guys would run not as badly as they did, but there was a lot of... Some of the standout performers just that have got the fastest 1,500 times just for whatever reason, like, just died so badly. So, yeah, it was good.
0: Very good. Any other questions, Tom?
1: Yeah, I mean, when
2: you when you cross the finish line for the first time, how, how are you feeling then? Because like you say, you've gone in aiming for top 10, ideally top eight, and you just come second. Like, were you able to did it sink in straight away what you had what you'd been able to do
1: no it was it was weird so like I to to go for like through the race basically I got out quite hard then until say like 800 between say 400 and 1200 I was just going backwards or to me it felt like I was going backwards I went from being like oh there's only four or five legs I can see in front of me to then being like oh there's now eight or nine and stuff like that But then at around 1,200 meters, I didn't feel like I was speeding up at all. But I, like, suddenly was just, like, almost back at the front, if you know what I mean. So I knew that people – and I think it's because it was windier than people had expected and I'd kind of drafted a little bit in the pack. Like, I knew that people were kind of blowing up. And then as we got closer to the point where I had said, like, in my head, I'd be like, right, when I get to this point, like, that's the bit where you kind of need to kick or, like, don't sort of blow your load before you get to this point. I was at the front. And then when I made a move, I was, there was a second where I was like, shit, I might actually win. You know, like when you see the finish and you're like, oh, like bloody hell, like I might actually win. (laughs) And then say two seconds later, and then like my form's breaking down. I've clearly gone hard and I'm like, oh my God, I'm going to get caught. Just hold on, just hold on. Kind of like, kind of just survive and when I crossed the line I didn't know if I I knew I'd got second or third but I didn't know which one so it was a mixture of being like I'm buzzing like obviously I got a medal and I was like just smiling so much I was like that is class like how funny is that (laughs) <laughs> uh, like
0: I, I knew you would be thinking like, like how funny this yeah, is all
1: i could think is how how ironic all, it is. <laughs> all i could think is how funny it was and then i was stood there and they were like oh do you know if you've got second or third like everyone being pressurized and i was like i don't care if i've got second or third like you know what i mean like what you've just done is just they're clearly used to, they're clearly on this stage yeah they're clearly used to like interviewing people or like you know the british athletics media people being around people that are maybe expecting to get a medal and it's like that you know those big moments on the track where like they're zooming in on someone and like waiting yeah. to find out if the second or third and then they celebrate i was like it, it does who cares if it's second or third you know what i mean that's that's like unreal um and alice my girlfriend was there but basically i'd said to alice i was like yeah feel, like come along for the weekend feel free do whatever and like if you fancy it you can help charlie with some of the filming for like the video we're gonna make I think, <laughs> I think it'd be really cool to have like um not like an Alice cam, but like have some footage from like the family and friends angle to be like, look, how do you feel during while it's happening or whatever. And basically, her and Charlie had said like Charlie was going to be right at the finish to film, and Alice was going to be a little bit further up the road. But the the crowds got way busier than we kind of expected them to get, and it turns out that Alice saw me go past and like was supporting, but couldn't see the finish, so she had no idea. And I was just stood there, kind of like chatting to the British Flex guy, and she just presumed, bless her, that like bear in mind i'm not going in with the hopes of getting a medal she just thought like oh oh, you must have done all right and she was like oh how did how'd you do like over the barrier i was like oh i don't know i think second or third and she just broke down into tears and started crying she was like what you got a medal and like just was like crying her eyes out and then i was like that made me realize i was like shit like that like if alice didn't even think i was gonna get a medal and she like lives with me all the time and whatever whatever i was like bloody hell it is pretty I bet I bet no one thought I was going to get a medal. I feel like I was the only person that thought I might do well. Do you get what I mean? <laughs> which is like which is like quite cool. Um so yeah, then you do all the interviews and all all that sort of stuff. Um and then it starts you start to realize like that is more of a big deal because all the stuff that you've never done before you're doing with interviews and speak to this person and that person and and you know, then you've got you know shoe sponsors and and different people at the end wanting to speak to you like once you've come out of the thing and you're like shit like none of this has happened before and i've won some races before so like this must be quite good you know like this must be like it just feels a little bit different um you're on
0: bbc bloody news mate
1: i know i know but it's It's it's, insane it's so brutal though that if i'd run like 0.3 seconds quicker i would have got that world record bonus like imagine if i had a world record that would be so funny like, that would be unreal. <laughs> and I, I, I FaceTimed my coach, right? I face, uh, was it the next day or later that day? I can't remember. I think the next day I FaceTimed my coach, right? And you know when you pick up the phone to someone and you see each other's face on FaceTime, and we <laughs> genuinely spent, it, 10 seconds doesn't sound long, but on the phone, that's quite long. We were absolutely just giggling. Like we didn't even say anything to each other. We were just laughing. And like, that's our, our relationship. We were just saying like, how funny is it that you actually got a medal? Do you know what I mean? Like against all those people that should have done this or done that or whatever. Like it, it just fits in with the whole summer and the story and everything so perfectly to be like, go there, have no expectations. And then with 300 meters to go, this British guy just pops out the back of the pack wider than everyone else, <laughs> nearly takes out a photographer by <laughs> Nina in the head and then almost wins, but doesn't quite win. So yeah, oh, it, it was unreal. It was unreal.
2: Yeah. I think it just shows like you see plenty of people who are pushing like the hustle mentality on social media right like oh wake up early work hard all this but I think you're probably the perfect example of someone who has put it out there a very bold goal with like the whole closing the gap series uh and your audacious targets at the start of the season and have now come full circle and achieved all of those things but only because you put in the work behind the scenes you've obviously posted about the training and stuff that you've been doing and you talk about on this podcast, but you know, you still have to actually do all of the little bits that most people when they wake up in the morning, they can't be asked to go to the gym. They might just not bother. Do you know what I mean? Like you've done all of the little things. It's not, it's not
1: it's not often that you like make a roadmap of like, this is the ideal path the season will take. And then it actually, you don't get some big spanner in the works. You know, normally there's some big kind of um, injury or, or something that goes on that then throws you off course. And I think I've been lucky enough in that sense to just keep, you know, ticking over, doing a day, doing a day. OK, that's seven. That's a week. Take that off onto the next thing, you know, um, and kind of like the thing what i've told myself is like when it gets hard in training or you can't be asked to do something that's where like 99 percent of people that's a made-up stat obviously will just like sack it off or be like oh that doesn't matter or you make up some excuse where you don't need to do 10 reps you can just do eight or actually mm. what's one day without doing your mobility it's probably not an issue or you know or i'll just go 75 percent up that hill because it's getting really hard i just have convinced myself that there's only a few people that when it gets hard that's where like when it actually matters um and you know you can push through it but yeah it's exciting now and it'll open up a lot of other opportunities and different things but what my main focus is is just not letting not letting the achievement add any unnecessary pressure often when people win something like i'm doing the, the national road relays this weekend for my club it's like I could turn up now and be like, oh shit, like I better warm up in a certain way because people are going to be thinking like, how does a world medalist warm up? Or like, I better like think about how I chat to people. Or, do I go there and be super serious and act like I'm some really professional guy? Or do I go there and milk it and chat to everyone and just want to talk about me? So, like I could massively overthink it. But the point is, is like, I've got this far by just doing what I normally do. I'll rock up, I'll do my normal thing. I'll give my best and not put pressure on myself to think, oh, I now better win every race or I better get the fastest time or whatever. I just need to trust like, That what I've been doing to this point has worked, and try and like very gracefully come down from this cloud nine feeling that I've got to back to normal life and normal training, and not let it sort of um, like like either build my ego up too much is one thing, or the other side of it is just like be crushed with pressure and be like oh shit, like all these brands are speaking to me, and I'm doing this, I'm doing that, and you know will I ever run well again? And then I'll end up having a crap season next year. So um, yeah, awesome, awesome like achievement. But like it's like very much a stepping stone. I still wanna like I wanna do stuff on the track, you know? It's like really great and amazing to do it, but I wanna now take a step forward and just feed it all through to the summer and try and beat the real top people, you know. This is like beating like the world I'd say like the the A you know, the B plus to A people in the world. And now I wanna step up and try and beat the A star people in the world, if you get what I mean. Yeah,
2: yeah you pretty much just answered what was gonna be my final question to you perfectly about pressure and what happens now because it's obviously you've still got like a handful of seconds until you're where you want to be in an absolute dream world right over Mm. over 1500 but the gap that you were trying to close is pretty much closed right you've done you've done what you said you were going to do and you've done it pretty much perfectly um so it's yeah it's an interesting position to be in because now you've done all of that work you got to this point now is only really just the start right this is like just the beginning of uh of where you want to go when it comes to looking at pro contracts and all that kind of stuff diamond leagues and everything else that comes with it it's uh yeah it's pretty funny really that you put all that work in and now you're basically at at the beginning of the future
1: yeah that's the best way to possibly describe it it's like i've now got past the top of like domestic club running scene i've got to i'm getting You know, you can't even say you're at the top of, like, British distance running, which is the crazy thing. But one quote that I love, and I I think I saw it in, I don't know if you've ever seen Yasin Abdallah's YouTube videos. He's a a college runner that's at Tennessee now. And he said, he was like, I want to avoid being the best as long as possible. And I love that quote, and I always tell myself it in terms of, if I'm doing a session, I never want to be the best person at the session in one isolated, you know, if that's one hour on a Mm. Tuesday night. If I'm in a club, I never want to be the very best person in the club. If I'm in, you know a race and never want to be the very best person in that race simply because when there's better people than you that's how you're constantly chasing and you're pushing on and pushing on and pushing on and just having that tunnel vision of just right catch the next person who's the next group of people what's the next type of race you can get into and then eventually you'll get to say you know well there's no one that's really done it because even josh kerr now has just won world champs on the track 1500 but it's not olympic champ you know so he's already thinking now like right what do i need to do (laughs) What do I need to do between now and next year to go and try and be the Olympic champion? That like even he'll be thinking, right, you know, I've got these people that I still need to beat. So you look it's great. I'm like second in the world over the road mile, it's fantastic. But there's still six people in the UK that have run faster than me over fifteen hundred metres. So mm. you've got to dispatch all those six people and run an Olympic time to even get a chance of going to a championship to try and reproduce what you've done. So without trying to be that guy that's so like, oh, hustle, back to it. Like, let's just get back to the grind, back to training. Of course, I'm going to enjoy it, soak it up, get try and get all the re- rewards that I can in terms of like promotion and finances and all that. Like, I'm going to try and milk that as much as I can. But equally, I'm very aware that I've set myself up to now. If, if next year I don't get a PB over 1,500, like, that's a bit shit, isn't it? You know, no one's gonna next summer no one's gonna be like, Oh yeah, bad track season, mate, but how class was that roadmap you did last year? Do you get what I mean? Yeah. I and mean, I wanna use it as a springboard now to be like, right, that's what I learned and now I've built onto it and now I've run these times. So um yeah. Who knows? But stay tuned into the podcast because I think it'll be quite interesting now. Like, that's kind of a nice <laughs> turning point into like a new chapter so these podcasts every week or every couple of weeks or whatever there should be like more announcements or race things or you know different things that i'm trying to do to get to that level so i think from my perspective on the podcast it should be quite interesting to document like what the journey is going to be in a more long form way i think it'd be pretty cool
0: yeah sure really looking forward to hearing all
1: about it but yeah thanks (laughs) thanks for your support boys i feel like that kind of wraps up my uh um like experience to be honest. And um we should probably hear from one of you two about your training slash Ben Your Race, maybe?
0: Yeah, yeah. I could go through my week. Go on Ben. I think it's gonna be uh, a bit difficult to <laughs> to follow that. Like I was out in um in Macedonia last last week, this week, last week. And when I saw the news come through that that Callum had done what he done, I just I just couldn't believe it. And then I'd forget about it for a little bit. We'd go and do something else. Then I'd go back on my phone. And then there'd be like Athletics Weekly, like sharing a photo of Callum. And I'd be like, what? I just, it was, it took me a good, like, probably day, day and a half of just being like, what the hell has just happened? So, yeah, I'm, I'm happy for you, man. I hope it opens up some doorways. And like you said, this is just the start. So I'm looking forward to hearing all about it on the pod.
1: Much appreciated, mate. Much appreciated.
0: Anyway, I'll try and talk you through my week. It was a pretty boring week in terms of the way it started. Um, just recovering from Vitality 10K, which would have been the Sunday before this week started. So pretty much I had a bit of a cold coming off the race um, and it sort of developed just the night before the Vitality 10K. So I had a sore throat. It then went to like a head cold and just body felt pretty weak all, all week. So I just decided this is a perfect opportunity to take some downtime. So I just did basically easy running for from monday to to saturday nothing really to report there in terms of training very low mileage relative to what i'm I usually run um and then i went out to to Skopje um, <laughs> to do the to do the macedonia half marathon which is which is one of actually the best probably trips i've been on in a long long time um which is crazy to say considering like things i've done of late with like going to do boston marathon doing um osaka marathon with with brands and stuff but it was really nice to to do like a running trip travel excursion type thing where there was no pressure on like i didn't have to be at a certain thing that somebody was going to lecture me about a new shoe that was coming out for about five hours i didn't have certain obligations that i needed to post on social media that sort of stuff Um, This was purely just a a pleasure trip. I was going out uh, to Macedonia to help pace Kush. Um, For context, people who don't know who Kush is, we've talked about him probably a few times now on the podcast. Um, He's actually born in Macedonia, but he lives in uh, Italy now. And I met him when I was out training in in Kenya the last time I was there. We spent two weeks together and just one of those people that you meet for the first time and you just know you're going to be good mates. And because we spent like two weeks of like literally doing every run together, every meal, we became like super close and we stayed in contact. Um, So probably about three months ago, he dropped me a message after he heard um, Marco's email, which probably was about, I don't know, 20 episodes ago now. So if you can remember, then brilliant. If not, uh, Marco was basically telling us about a half marathon and marathon race that was happening in his um, hometown, which was Skopje, which is the capital of Macedonia. Um, like most people, I'd never, he- never even heard of it. Um, and Kush was basically going to target this race to try and, ba- and break the uh, national record of Macedonia. Um, so about a month before we were due to head out there, the. So the, what is
1: the record? Sorry for context.
0: The record was like sixty-six minutes low okay. six, but now it's it was beaten a, m- a month ago. Um, to 64 minutes so we already okay. knew that um, it was unlikely that we were going to go for a national record but the plan was still to go out and try and pace him to to something close to at least being the top sort of three runners ever to to cover the half marathon in Macedonia admittedly there's not really many athletes over there there's one guy who has basically the national record from everything from the 1500 meters all the way up to the marathon now um, he was actually racing the marathon at the weekend, so he did, he wasn't in the half-marathon race. Um, but anyway, long story short, Kush, unfortunately, has developed um, pre... What's it called? Piriformis? Yeah. Uh, syndrome, which basically is a, your sciatic nerve gets trapped in your hip, which is causing him quite a lot of pain when he runs. So we sat down the night before the race to discuss like the pacing strategy, and he basically was going for... Um, he's either going to have a great race he wanted to run 308 per kilometer which would have been i think around 65 high or 66 for the half um or he was going to have to slow down and and just do what he do his best um given the injury that he's picked up um and unfortunately the race went got underway um so this was on sunday morning um start at eight o'clock because it's quite warm over there which is a good decision from the race organizers. Um, apparently the previous years it was at nine and this year it was at eight. So it was much better. Um, but after three K of, of running with me and this, uh, Kenyan, uh, athlete who was actually running the marathon, uh, Kush was dropped off the pace a little bit and, um, just said to me the night before, like if, if I can't do it, then just carry on. Like I'll just run my own race into the finish. um, so unfortunately yeah we didn't we didn't run much of the race together I think probably 3k side by side and then he was just hanging on to to about 10k and then um sort of I didn't take my foot off the gas entirely but um after 10k I think we went around went through in about 32 minutes which is 312 per kilometer and then from 10k to the finish line, I sort of slowed down into more like a marathon effort, which was around 325 per kilometer. Um, and yeah, the race was pretty cool, very flat course. Like, I've never heard of of the Scopie half marathon or marathon before, but I'd actually, having done it, I'd highly recommend it if somebody wants to to target a PB. There was like less than 40 meters of elevation across, it's the whole just course. out and back, yeah, literally just. Um, it's sort of like an out and back. There's two turns on the course. You run six kilometers in one direction, you turn, then you run 10 kilometers in another direction. Then you turn and then you come into the finish.
1: So how many U-turns, two U-turns?
0: Two U-turns. Yeah. Other than that, it's completely flat, no hills. Brilliant. Perfect running conditions. And it was about 15 degrees on the day. So it was hard to, it felt very similar to, to doing a Valencia marathon or a Copenhagen half marathon type thing. Um it's just without the the depth of field. Literally there was nobody anywhere near the front pack. So it felt like I was running just on the streets on my own basically. Um
1: what what did they win the uh marathon? in?
0: Uh, not that fast actually. The the guy ran two eighteen, but he went through in sixty five for the half. So he must have slowed not down enough. quite a lot. But um I think it's probably one of those races where when you're winning, you you're winning, you know. There's no need to to push on. Um, and What do you reckon
2: he won? 500 euros in Wizz
0: Air. Yeah, apparently there's actually meant to be some legitimate cash prize that will get sent to us later on. So I won 250 pounds in Wizz Air vouchers (laughs) for winning the half marathon, which was completely unexpected because the way the race started, everybody running the 5k half marathon and marathon started at the same time. So it was impossible to tell if somebody was running the full marathon or the half marathon until basically they went on to do a second lap or if they stopped after the first lap. Um,
1: yeah, you're getting bent. Do, you do you want to know what you're getting? What's that? 200 euros.
0: Oh, really? You found That's
1: it? What, yeah, it says 200 euros plus a value voucher from Wizz Air to the amount of 250 euros for the winner of the half.
0: There we go. Big payday then.
1: And it paid down to fifth place as well. Pretty sick. And the marathon, for uh, for comparison, was... Um, oh, okay. You can see why you ran what you ran. First place, if you were sub 2.18.59, so sub 2.19, you get €2,000. Euros.
0: Brilliant. Oh, there you go then. <laughs> um,
1: but yeah, Ben, you mate, you should do the marathon, honestly.
0: Yeah, I'd consider it. I think the only thing that's would be challenging is going past the finish line after a half. Yeah, and then having to do it all again, like mentally, that would be quite tough.
1: And to explain why he probably went out in sixty-five is the highest bonus on there for men. Is if you're sub two eleven, it's two thousand five hundred euro bonus. So maybe he was going for that. Who knows?
0: Right. Mm, interesting. Anyway, but no, congr- thoroughly enjoyed it. Congratulations. Good race. Took the win. Had no idea I I'd won because there was three guys in front of me that were doing the full marathon. It's
2: one of my um... favourite videos ever (laughs) the one you posted of you you running along with your little camera out and you're like i think i
0: won i think i won there's some tape there that i've got to run through before it gets the finish line
2: that was so good
0: i mean yeah it was it was pretty funny and then there's nobody on the course at all like in the last two or three kilometers so you just run along on your own then you come through the finish line and there's like 500 people just cheering and and congratulating you for winning the half marathon and you (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah, it was it was a surreal um, experience. They they grabbed me after the finish line, took me up on the stage, interviewed me in front of all these Macedonian people that probably had no idea what I was saying. Um, and then the the race is actually broadcast on national television, so I went on national TV as well and uh, had an interview for <laughs> in the half. Um, but yeah, sixty nine seventeen was my final time, so about two minutes off my PB. Um, and considering how it felt, I was pretty chuffed with that. I think the the week of just easy running did me good because the cold had pretty much cleared up by that point. So, well,
1: yeah. what's the uh, the plan from here then? In terms of obviously that was just like a pacing slash good long run. What are you kind of gearing up towards now? Are you doing anything before you go away to Kenya? Or
0: um, I'm doing the Oxford half as we I talked about on the previous episode um, with with ProDirect. But again, it's not really going to be an A-goal race for me. Um, I'm just going to start building my training back up now, ready for when I go out to Kenya. And then tel- Telford 10K in December is the next sort of big one.
1: So six weeks training in Kenya for the Telford 10K? Pretty much, yeah. Awesome. Sounds good. It's
0: it's mainly preparing for, well, long-term picture is Seville Marathon in February. So my training will be a bit more longer distance focused than the 10K, but hopefully I can still come down from altitude and run fast over the 10 um but yeah the trip was was wicked met up with um marco and his wife uh mary we went for for lunch uh for dinner sorry they took us to this really nice place wouldn't let us pay for it brought like brought all the local delicacies which was incredible the tomatoes over the over there are next level <laughs> 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 unbelievable like i couldn't get over how tasty the tomatoes were um, so shout out to Macedonia for their tomatoes, but no, had a great great trip. Really, really enjoyed it.
2: Good stuff, class mate, class. Good trip. Yeah, I really. It's such a great weekend that Callum coming second in Latvia and Ben accidentally winning the Skopje half marathon <laughs> in Macedonia. That it, it's not going to get much better than that, listeners. So, um, yeah, I, f- I think we've peaked.
0: Yeah, I did my uh, my duties in the, as a running content creator and. Callum did his duties as an elite athlete or soon to be, should we say. But yeah, loved it. But beautiful country as well. We went to um, the Macca Canyon, which was incredibly beautiful. I'd never seen any photos of, of Macedonia, so I didn't really know what to expect and I was I was impressed. It felt like you were sort of in like a, an Italian slash... You could tell there was poverty in, in uh, Macedonia, obviously being a landlocked country. Um in terms of the location, is actually really beautiful. Would go back for sure. Not sponsored. Yeah, nice. Maybe next year we can go back for the for the race again. Hopefully, Tom, you'll be on the start lines by the by that point. Oh, Callum, yeah, you good. can you can spectate if you're not somewhere around the world. Yeah, racing.
1: Get them to pay me to pace. So that'd be good. is over there.
0: Yeah, the <laughs> the organizer said literally you should have after the race. They were like next year we'll pay for you to come over here we'll put you in a hotel we'll treat you like an elite athlete i was like okay fine yeah i'll I'll come back sure so hopefully they can extend that to the to the run it three ways boys but yeah big thank you to to both kush and and marco and his wife for making me feel so welcome it was incredible trip one i'll definitely remember for a long time
2: you've got a title to defend as well now haven't you
0: i have indeed yeah Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) might accidentally (laughs) go and win it next year as well
2: so good no, that would be amazing, wouldn't it? If we could, uh, if we could go back next year.
0: Yeah, I'd love to take you there. It's really nice, like super cheap as well. Mm. Like, I think the hotel we stayed in, white like, one of the nicest hotels, and it was relatively inexpensive, especially for the capital. So, yeah, Andrea? I'm planning to go back next year if if my racing schedule permits, even just for a for a bit of fun.
2: Yeah, what stuff.
1: What training have you been up to, Tom?
2: Oh, flipping it! This is embarrassing, isn't it?
1: How am I meant to... (laughs) Mate, you had your moment in the sun last week, mate. You went to Berlin. You did all that cool shit. You knew everything about the Adidas shoe. You you had your old episode about shoes, mate. Now back to the running.
2: (sighs) Yeah, well, okay. I ran Friday. I ran Sunday. There you go. There's your job lot for the week. I did 37 minutes just over, well, about five miles on the Friday. And then I... Actually, this was an enjoyable run. So on the Sunday... I met up with Chris who I did. Is that fizzy uh, drinks, Chris? Yeah. Fizzy drinks, Chris. I, I, oh, did. I remember him from, Context, from way back in the day. <laughs> Context. So Chris, he's moved to Bath now, but he used to live in Bradford on Avon like 10 minutes away from me. And, um, for a period of about four months, three or four months, we did basically every single run together. And it was amazing. Like it was so good, especially for like the big marathon sessions and stuff. Um, so yeah uh, he since he moved to bath and since i've been injured we obviously haven't really linked up or or run together for a long time like well over six months so um he popped down my way it's only about a 10 minute drive apparently and we went for a long run together um 14k to be precise uh and yeah, honestly, the the amount of difference it makes for me at the moment, having someone to run with mm-hmm. versus running solo is unbelievable. Like it's, I, I pretty much hate running by myself at the moment because it's so, it just feels a bit tedious. Whereas running with him, we'd already done like half an hour without me even realizing and I felt good as well. Like was just chatting away, running quicker than I've been running by myself and feeling a million times better. Mm-hmm. So I think it's just, you know, that element of distraction and not just being in my own thoughts thinking about how awful I feel running at what used to be a very easy pace. I think that mm-hmm. helped a lot. Um so that was enjoyable. But to be honest, I think following on from what you said, Callum Did you wear a about... heart rate?
1: Did you wear a heart rate monitor?
2: No, I haven't been wearing a, a strap or anything for a long time. Yeah. So yeah, some, I'm hoping
1: <laughs> Some some little knob has commented that your heart rate was the way that it was too well, yeah. suggested that it was too high um yeah I, yeah
2: i'm hoping that's not accurate
1: you uh, it, <laughs> it
0: there's just... no way it's 198 at that pace i know no. you're i know you're not very fit at the moment but i guarantee you that's not your heart rate
2: yeah exactly yeah i, I don't think it's possible if
1: that was not... your heart rate and you're also having a conversation you should be in the bloody olympics mate it'll be unreal yeah. 198 while i've had a chat for eight miles
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah So. I'm probably going to start wearing a strap soon, I think. Just to be honest, to, to have something else to like look at and care about.
0: I might buy you I'm a Coros, mate. This, this uh, what's it called, Polar has been the talk of the podcast for too long. <laughs> yeah, but, I'm going to message know... Dougie from Coros. Can you get Tom <laughs> a bloody new watch? Because this is shocking.
2: The, the, thing, the thing is, right, with watches... We've given, well, you've given Polar a a bad rap on this podcast, but it does, especially at the moment, it does what I need it to do. Um, And yeah, I I don't mind my little pacer pro from Polar. It it does a job. Um, Yeah, I was just following on from you, Callum, and what you were talking about with, uh, you know, 99% of people not doing the hard thing when it's easier to just not do it. That's definitely 100% been me for the last few weeks. I'd say, which is a bit, it's a bit hard to admit, really, because I don't, I don't like being that person who like doesn't go to the gym when I said I was going to, like, said I was going to wake up and run before work, but then I'm still lying in bed after waking up early at like half eight, thinking, eh, nah, I'll just, uh, you know, I'll go tomorrow, or I'll go after work, or I'll do it then. And then it gets to after work and you're still thinking, oh, now I'm tired and like a bit mentally fatigued from like working all day. So I don't really want to go now. I'll just go tomorrow. And the cycle just continues, doesn't it? For as long as you let it. So yeah, that's sort of been me for the last couple of weeks, which is a bit shit because I don't like it.
1: I think it's kind of also normal though, in the sense that like, let's not glorify like the hustle porn type thing. Like I think (laughs) every person says that, oh, I really need to do that, and then you don't do it because other shit gets in the way of your life or you spend 30 more minutes on your laptop doing an email when actually you said you're going to put the washing away or, you yeah. know, like, that that's just normal. I think if you overthink those things and you strike those as a failure, it's easy to get into a mindset of like, oh, I'm lazy, I'm shit at this, I, you know, have a million things to do and you get really stressed and stuff. And I think with training, you've got, to, especially in your position, you need to train because it's enjoyable, right? Like, you're not, You're not training to get back to some like crazy elite level where your job and income and everything relies on it. And equally, you know that you're a talented enough runner that when you decide to turn on the tap and actually do some proper training for three or four months, you can actually get up back up to a really good level relatively, you know, like you should be able to relatively easy. So I think it is about finding a balance between when you're going to find it fun to want to put your shoes on and get out the door. And if you're feeling a bit like actually I really, really can't be asked, that's kind of all right. And you know what I mean? In your in your situation at the moment. If you were two weeks into a twelve week marathon block and you've told everyone you're gonna run two forty or whatever, then that's a bit different. You kind of are just being lazy and it's on you to go out and do the work, you know?
2: Yeah, yeah. I agree. I think it's it is difficult though when you um yeah, when you you hold yourself to certain standards that you're not meeting for whatever reason. Cause you know, it's all well and good being busy. Everybody's Busy, right um but I think the difference is like when you're in a good routine and when you've got the momentum going it's so much easier to just get the work done and um you know not complain about it not put it off and that kind of thing so I think that's the sort of rut that I've fallen into but trying to break out of it this week um and just do all of the things that I'm meant to do which isn't crazy you know we're talking four days of running a week gym twice a week like that that shouldn't be out of the realms of capability because of being busy do you know what i mean that's yeah yeah you've that's... got to
1: nail down the routine write it down just write it down on the list on monday the shit you've got to do and scribble it off each time you do it and then you know
2: it'll help yeah yeah i had a little chat with rose about it and we're going to have a, a catch up sometime this week just to try and outline ways to make this process a bit more enjoyable rather than basically just running easy four times a week of slightly varying duration Mm -hmm. and doing the same stuff in the gym like just is there anything I can do can I do like a little fartlek type session on one of these runs instead just to just to get things moving a bit and to feel like I'm doing something because this run on Sunday with Chris like felt that genuinely felt really good like it felt normal I felt like a that felt like a, a normal hour run that I'd have done you know, six months ago. Um, so that was nice, at least, to have a little bit of light at the end of the tunnel and to realise, oh, I'd, I can actually feel all right whilst running and enjoy it. Um, but yeah, just need a lot more of the same, basically. How's the,
0: how's the body feel after 14 kilometres of running? Obviously, you, you joked basically saying that's not very far, but an hour and three minutes of running for you is pretty long at the moment. So yeah. like, how, how do you feel afterwards?
2: Yeah, that's what's weird. <laughs> like, absolutely fine absolutely fine no i didn't feel particularly fatigued in any way during or after or the following day so that's good like body's holding up great which is probably a reason why it's more um frustrating i suppose because i feel i feel pretty good but it's just my it's literally just my lungs can't can't keep up my legs feel great when i'm running they feel like normal they feel exactly yes. how they did before but yeah i just can't yeah like i think
0: that's that sounds it. to me like a pretty good sign like like lungs and fitness is something you can build back but if your body's feeling all right then ultimately that's that's great you can start building things back up again um, yeah yeah obviously now we're in october you've got october november december you got three months left of the year is there any any plans for maybe like a, a dare i say it, a race in in those periods or something to build up towards
2: I'd I'd love to, yeah, I'd love to do something before the end of the year, even if it's, you know, like what we were talking about the other day, Ben. Like PBs and that kind of thing are a way in the future, but I can't just not race until I think I'm going to run a five k PB. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, exactly. I'd allow
0: yourself to dream a little bit, like oh, I want to do this race and just not put time pressure. Yeah. You can you can close your own gap like Callum has and <laughs> <laughs> your gap is now getting back to where you used to be and just try not to put pressure on you have to run this sort of this time this amount of mileage just try and fall in love with the process again building back towards something.
1: Closing the gap in your sacrum. Yeah, that would <laughs> be nice, wouldn't
0: it? Hopefully it's close, well and truly. Yeah. If you're running 14k and you're not feeling anything then I think you're looking good. That's
2: that's the good part. Like literally no awareness, no aches, niggles, nothing um, for a very, very long time, um, which is, yeah, which is good. So I think body's good. Head needs a bit of work when it comes to just doing the unsexy things that are involved yeah. with getting back where I want to, where I want to be. Yeah.
1: How
0: How are you planning to to change that? Like what, what things are you putting in <sighs> place? Like Callum said, are you going to start writing things down Uh or you're going to start having conversations with a coach again or
2: yeah I I, I don't think it's anything special to be honest like with all of this stuff yeah I think you can buy a notebook and a nice little biro pen and write down all of your goals you can make a little mood board thing in your bedroom you can stick post-it notes on the fridge like motivational words on them but ultimately I think you've like this morning for example I had a choice of Waking up at seven, which I did, and going to the gym before work, or waking up at seven, which I did, and not going to the gym, and I did the latter. Do you know what I mean? So it's not, it's not um like changing anything massive or doing anything creative or new or fancy. It's just like doing, <laughs> doing. Yeah, nothing.
1: yeah, I agree. But like, you might feel like you're babying yourself, but also sometimes you need a catalyst to do it. So like, the mm. obvious thing that comes springs to mind is like, were your shoes and your kit ready? with the bottle of water and you know your charged headphones or whatever it was that you needed to go to the gym like were they ready so at seven it was like zero friction like you're off to the you're off to the races you know do you get what i mean like obviously that's that's not like a long-term thing that you're gonna have to do like you you have willpower you you're a determined individual you've got a million things going on in your life it's not like you're some sort of like complete imbecile do you know what i mean but like <laughs> but like in the short term it might be like that's what you, that is the catalyst that you need you know or like you might not need a, a to-do list or a motivational quote forever but it might be that you need three things written down on your bedside table to say like you know do this or do that i don't know i, I just find stuff like that beneficial but i think i do i get quite uh uh, emotionally charged with those sorts of things so it mm. is it, it, like i'm the sort of person that just thrive off like right, writing down how many days there are until british champs do you get what i mean like that yes yeah, no? nice. sort of stuff that that like and i'm still motivated without that but it's it's quite a like a nice thing to do if you get what i mean um yeah. or just write it on instagram you're gonna do it that'll also work <laughs> that's what ben does pretty much in it well, yeah, exactly. But it is that like Ben makes a, a video saying like this is my six-week training yeah, plan. Exactly. And Whether it's yeah. right or not, he says that oh, I'm going to do 180 kilometers is my peak week. And then he's like, well, you, you know, if you only do 90 that week without a good reason, then you've just bottled it through laziness pretty much, haven't you? Obviously, yeah. if, if you're injured or like if you realize halfway through it's not a good idea, that's different. But having the accountability can help.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Well, hopefully this podcast will help with that now. Now I've sort of said it and put it out there. Next week should be next week's podcast should hopefully be a, a change of tune and a little bit more sprightly yeah um,
1: I, I agree yeah. i agree um i know we're getting on a little bit tom and you probably don't have that much longer do you
2: not not loads longer yeah think,
1: and 15 minutes 20 minutes yeah 15 would work with me because i've also got got physio in that case then what i was going to suggest boys is maybe we just leave the the race results you know there was nothing that noticeable i don't think apart from faith could Kim- yeah, be getting beaten mm-hmm. um so if you're interested just google the world road running champs there's loads <laughs> of results kenya basically won most things um jimmy gracia ran well there was some people that got pbs and faith kip yegon promised sebco she was going to get the world record and then didn't win which is quite funny but everyone says oh yakub this yakub that what a cocky little shit faith kip yegon promises sebco in the press conference a world record and then gets beaten no one says anything. <laughs> no, one, no one says a single thing. You know what I mean? I think the double standards are crazy when it's like a cute little woman, and it's when it's Yakub with tattoos. A cute shit, little you know? woman, you know. She is, <laughs> she's a cute, fast little woman. Well, right. she's got
0: the same color medal as you, mate. So yeah, that's, yeah. that's pretty insane, isn't it? That, yeah. That's when I had that realization that Faith Kipyeagod and Callum Elson are somehow under the same tree. It's just yeah, it's incredible. But yeah, it that just goes cool. to show how crazy, yeah. Your result was.
1: That's funny. Um, what what I was going to say then, boys, is for the for the pod. Can we talk about the uh the um news rather than the results, if you will? Because I'm intrigued. Yeah, about... let's do that. I don't know anything about these. There's three things written down, and I basically don't know anything about it. So there's the New Balance shit. There's the Tracksmith stuff, <laughs> and, there's... <laughs> and there's and there's Ag Agnes Negetic.
0: Yeah, Agnes Nogetic. Let's talk about Agnes quickly. Can
1: can you three explain these? And I'm going to be quiet because I don't know what's going on.
0: So Agnes, she ran this random road race in Poland and she ran 29.24 for the 10K. And she also apparently ran 14.25 for the 5K, which was a world record for both distances, which I didn't even know was possible. But it turns out that someone went and measured the course or World Athletics went and measured it and it was 25 meters short, uh, which meant that both the records that she ran are no longer valid which yeah i don't know what your opinion is on that like for me that sounds absolutely gutting for the for the lady that went there and ran what she thought was world records and then haven't taken away because somebody just didn't measure the course properly it's just like i don't know sounds pretty damn frustrating to me
2: Yeah, would be devastating that wouldn't it
0: yeah i think yeah but also obviously you that's gonna not... make a massive difference for like her contract, her, the amount of money she's going to get paid for breaking a world record, you know, like these, they no longer count anymore. So potentially that cock up is life changing.
1: Well, but... no, it's not because she's not lost anything. She just didn't win anything, you know?
0: Yeah, true. But she was kind of the opportunity to win something was taken away from her by no fault of her own, if you know what I mean.
1: Yeah, but also he's just like... If you've got 10 brain cells, her PB is 31.34 and her 5KB is 14.36. And she reckons that she's finished a race. There's no way she can have finished and thought that's legit. Yeah, yeah. True. Also, what the hell was she doing? Why did she go at at 28.50 pace?
0: <laughs> yeah, insane. <laughs>
1: Do you get what I mean? Like, Unless it was literally the first 5K was downhill. At some point, surely you would think, like, something can't be right. But, I mean, I mean, that's rapid to say. If, that, if it was only 25 meters short, what's 25? Yeah what's 25 meters that's like
0: four seconds something like that
1: five yeah, seconds probably, you sprinting. yeah so yeah that's that's bloody fast what she ran yeah um,
0: but like that opportunity to then break the world record was it's just not there like yeah, you yeah, can't yeah. just be like oh we we'll just add five seconds onto her time it's just that race doesn't count Simple yeah, as that. depending on her that's sponsors
1: tough. and stuff hopefully she gets paid out like obviously the race win have to still pay for the the win and all that sort of shit yeah um but yeah, that is a complete balls up, isn't it? From the uh the organizers. It was in where was it? I
0: think uh, it was a Polish race. Roma- Romania. Romania. Okay. Yeah. Interesting. Was... But mm. yeah, made the news this week. Um... What's this stuff about uh about Tracksmith? Oh
2: well, I thought you boys would have seen it, so I'm not sure if it's even worth um going into in any great detail. It popped up on my Instagram yesterday morning. Uh, Basically, Tracksmith had done a post referring to the special edition singlet that they're producing for Boston Marathon. Now, they've done this historically with most majors or or, all the majors, I think. They've got like a special kit for it. But this post uh, specifically stated that the singlet would only be available to purchase for those people who had run the qualifying time and also... Uh, entered Boston Marathon but they they did it in a way that was probably not the best and most inclusive like the the actual copy on the Instagram post itself was quite could have come across as quite elitist right
1: the cop cop for for, for those uninitiated in the marketing world the copy is the uh, words the
2: caption the yeah the, the text so it sort of seems to have Blown up a little bit in their in their faces, and there's now 1,127 comments on this post. It basically it quoted uh, a quote uh, from very early days of Boston Marathon, where the organizer said, "This is not a jogging race." So immediately, red flags, right? For the everyday runner, hobby um, joggers are going to be mad across the world. That's pretty, yeah. That that that's fairly inflammatory language to be using in a running domain especially from a brand that have done so much over the London Marathon build up and everything with the 100 days till London Marathon um, stuff where they had hundreds of people turning up to do these community-led runs on Sundays most of which were uh, outside of Boston qualifying times so I think the message just got a bit, uh, I think their message rather has got a little bit lost um, and they blurred the lines between who they are, who their products for. And there's a lot of very, 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 very pissed off individuals as a result of it.
1: Yeah. Um, I've just looked up that quote and it's from the 1970 race application. And the full quote is a runner must submit the certification of either the long distance running chairman or the amateur athletics union of his district or his college coach that he's trained sufficiently to finish the course in less than four hours. This is not a jogging race. So I think Mm. the language back in the day must have been that like jogging was like the training you did for running. Whereas nowadays, I think jogging has a different word. It's very much about like, you do it as a hobby and it's fun precisely and jogging's different, which I think is where the communication has gone a little bit because they've thought, Oh, let's do a touch on history because Boston is like such a famous race. But in today's language, jogging is like what everyone can do because it's super fun, you know? Mm.
2: Yeah. And it's, uh, there's been obviously controversy around Boston, not necessarily controversy, but a lot of disappointed people who have run the qualifying times, but the cutoff was five minutes, 29 seconds quicker than the actual qualified time this year because of the amount of people who enter but for me yeah. it's no difference to uh, like the olympic standards that keep getting quicker year on year to an almost impossible degree in a lot of countries right like what was it two oh eight ten 10 for the men's marathon i think there's only two men in this country who've ever run under that mm-hmm. so there's you know it it trickles down to amateur level running as much as it does elites but i think yeah they've they've basically ended up involved in this cancel culture type situation yeah, I, which isn't nice really. i
1: don't think there's anything wrong with the post but i think in hindsight the post has not added anything positive if you see what i mean yeah so it's kind of like ah uh, we probably wish we didn't do that it's but... sort of
0: almost like rubbing salt in the wound because so many people who had the qualifying time now can't race it this year so i feel like yeah it just was a bit of the wrong time to be doing it. But at the end of the day, we're talking about a singlet here. Like, <laughs> like yeah, who, exactly. who gives a crap about a singlet, you know? Like, yeah. no offense to Tracksmith. Like, I'm sure it's a great piece of kit, but I wouldn't be getting wound up about it just because it's But said, it's like the medal. So you don't
1: get a medal if you don't finish the race, do you? Yeah, yeah no. Or a, or a race finishes t-shirt. Like, I, I, I'm really confused. I might be missing something, but it's like, they've just said, Every year we do a better T-shirt. This year we want to make sure it's special, so it's for qualifiers only. I don't get it. Like, there's still how many people run Boston? Thousands? No, mm. forty-five thousand. So, like, all like those that. people that are running that race and are going to pay to enter the race, therefore have an opportunity to purchase a, a like, a vest from a brand, right? I don't. Yeah. I, I'm confused as to what the thing is. That's literally all it is. Only if they run the, the Boston
2: qualifying time, though. So you can get in with like a charity spot,
0: but yeah. the prestige you, you around have
2: Boston it. is the BQ, right? Yeah. So you have to run a BQ and be running Boston uh, Marathon 2020. With you, with you, with you. So, it.
1: so it's not all runners at Boston. It's only the people that have qualified exactly. by a time yeah. that will have the right to have it. And that's
2: mm-hmm. where it's difficult because Nike did it before, I think, with like the Vaporfly Elite or Vaporfly Elite Flyprint when they were doing that a few years back. And you had to have run... A certain, I think you have to be a sub three marathon runner to even be able to buy the shoe, which <laughs> I don't mind. But I think it's for a brand like Tracksmith where they've built such a reputation around community and you know, like that whole aspect. It's you go through their side. feed and you see all of the group runs and stuff. Yeah, I don't. Yeah, I don't know if maybe they've just got the identity crossed or it- where they've done all this great work and now they're saying, oh, but you can't buy it because you're not fast enough and that's where people are a bit pissed off
0: yeah i think it's it's either a cock up from tracksmith or it's an an ingenious idea to to get some engagement behind their post yeah well yeah when you look at
2: yeah look at the numbers compared to every other post they've done it's (laughs) yeah it's blowing up yeah it's incredible
1: i think i think it's it's interesting because The 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 mystique that Boston has is because it's seen as something that's difficult to get into and achieve. And in my opinion, and again, I obviously I come at it from a performance angle. Is there is thousands, hundreds slash thousands of mass participation events that you can do around the world that are far bigger in well, there's there's tens that are far bigger in scale than Boston in terms of the amount of people. They probably have equally as iconic courses in terms of where you pass. They probably have conditions that are better. There's flatter and faster ones. Like the only thing that makes Boston what it is, is one, the city has such a like deep running culture and history. And two, because it is hard to get into. That's kind of the point. And if anyone could get into Boston, surely it, over years it would just get diluted yeah. and you'd have people running as Big Ben, like you have in London. And then it wouldn't just become... It wouldn't be Boston Marathon, it'd just be another one of the marathons. So in the same way that we look at London and we're like, oh, it's a ballot. It's hard to it's hard to get into, but anyone can do it. It's kind of look at the draw, and then you have all the amazing charity element and stuff like that. What makes London Marathon is the fact that you see Emil Kerez do two oh eight, but then you also see a guy doing a world record dressed as a you know chimpanzee. Do you get what I mean? Yeah. That's like what makes London Marathon. I think what makes Boston is the high, high, high percentage of people that are taking it deadly seriously to try and run fast, I think, is like what it's about. And Tracksmith obviously view themselves as trying to make performance apparel for people that want to run fast, for people that train their bollocks off every single day, not people that just find out twelve weeks before that they've got into Boston and then want to train and do it as a broccoli. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> so, so I, I I get it from both perspectives. I understand. Yeah, I, I understand. Yeah. I understand the uproar, but um. I think a lot of people that jump on these things, and there was a similar thing that we didn't discuss with Podium 5K the other day. A lot of yeah. times people see comments and go, great, yeah, that, that must be the correct opinion. Let me jump on here and add a comment. And I often question what have those individuals done themselves to support running community outside of their negative comments towards a brand that probably does a lot for runners in the world and puts on a lot of community initiatives and and stuff like that. Um, Definitely. So you've got to put your money where your mouth is sometimes.
2: I wholeheartedly agree. Yeah, and, well said. Um, Yeah, moving from one marathon to another, I guess one of the only other things to mention is it's a Chicago Marathon, happening this weekend, eighth of October, and the fields, as we mentioned before we started recording, or at the start, the very start of the episode, didn't we? we mentioned Chicago. Yeah, it's the the fields are absolutely mental. Mm. Um, so you got in the men's field, you got Kelvin Kiptum, um, good old Kiptum. Uh, Bashir Abdi, Benson Capruto. Uh, like it's Andy Mance, Galen Rupp. No, Butcher's doing New York.
0: New York.
2: Yeah, Galen Rupp's back. Uh, Connor Mance, who ran 208 last year, is back to try and run quicker, which will be pretty bloody good. Uh, and then on the women's side, you've got Sifan Hassan. So both London Marathon winners uh, making their return. You've got Ruth Cheppen Gatich. You've got Jocelyn Jepkosguy Emily Sisson. Uh, Des oh, Linden, brilliant. Emma Bates, Molly Seidel.
1: Like it's, it's wow. bloody.
0: Yeah, that's going to be unbelievable. On
1: both sides. So, yeah. It's
0: Look sort forward of gone to under the
1: radar. A little next bit. week. Yeah, one one person I'm interested to see is I think Wesley Kiptu. don't know if you guys heard of Wesley Kiptu. He's uh, a Kenyan guy that was in America. He was like a really good NCAA runner. And he runs in shorts, he runs in his vest and his gloves for indoor races and outdoor races. What <laughs> <in, laughs> a all conditions like he wore them i think it must be like a good good look thing like they did they did national cross in tallahassee and it was like absolutely boiling and he wore his gloves and he did like boston indoor race in his gloves um i'll, I'll send you a pic of him but he runs for hoka now and he's making his debut over the marathon so one i'm interested to see how he does but two i'm interested to see uh, if he goes with the gloves uh, or if he's now he's a pro athlete he, he might be gloveless who knows i hope <laughs> he does but yeah it's, it's nuts like the top eight
2: on the women's side are all sub-220. Um, yeah, so that should be good. Mental. So if, you, if you like your road racing, try and find the dodgy stream of the Chicago Marathon.
0: Yeah, I want to watch it.
1: <clears throat> yeah, it'll be, oh, yeah, it'll be nice time difference for us to watch it as well, won't it? It'll be like early afternoon or something. Mm, it should be. Sick. Cool, Sweet. boys. All right. A great pod, I think. We're back at it. Hopefully people enjoy this one. And if you're listening, don't forget you can uh give us a review on Spotify. We don't actually know if it does anything and or what it really means for us, but it's quite uh, satisfying to see the number go up every episode. So just go there and uh give it five stars. Of course. Or, or four stars, whatever you think about the podcast, to be honest. Um Three, yeah. one, <clears> anything really. Yeah,
0: any rating. Yeah, we didn't really have that many <laughs> listeners' questions this week. Um There's a couple. I don't know if we have got time for but just want to remind people if they want to submit questions they can do it via the email um, which is run it podcast, all lowercase at gmail.com or drop us a message on the instagram because it'd be good to get some some interaction with some listeners again but there was one question which i'll i'll leave i'll finish the episode with it was from cameron and he said how do you deal with runner's nipple in wet condition <laughs> he uses grease but that just washes off
2: it's a good one to end it with I don't think I've ever had like bleeding nipples. Nah, Have you ne- boys? Nah,
1: neither. No, neither.
0: No. Get yourself a sore vest or um get yourself some plasters. That's what I I use uh like those little round plasters for for marathons. I think the longer you run the more of a concern it it is. So if you're out there running a a 5-6 hour marathon then you're going to want something to to protect your your runner's nipples. Mm.
1: Yeah, I've I've fortunately never had that, but um yeah, I reckon plasters is just the the safest way to go.
2: Sounds awful though, doesn't it? I imagine Paid them up, like the sting.
0: Yeah, well, yeah I've had it a few times. Savage. From uh, you know, when you get a t-shirt which has got some sort of print on the front, some decals, and then they rub on, on your nips. Mm. I've had some. If I've worn a t-shirt like that on a long run, then yeah, I've had some some painful nips. Yeah. So I can relate to Cameron, but yeah, just get yourself some plasters or tape or something to cover them up. Yeah. And, uh, fi- final, nipple tassels.
1: Final qu- final question, and uh, listeners. You can uh, also let us know what what your opinion for this would be. I can't remember who sent uh, me the question. I don't think they sent it to the podcast. I can't think it was to me. So I apologize for forgetting who this was uh, and if I've butchered your question because I'm doing it from the top of my head. But I'm pretty sure it was. You have to race Jakob Ingebrigtsen over five kilometers. And if you beat him, you're going to get £50,000, let's say. I don't know why I put dollars when I've written it down. £50,000, let's say. For every 500 meters head start you take on him, okay you have to give up 10k of that earning So how mi- how much of a head start would you want on him so a bit like the chase then if anyone's watched the chase in terms of there's a higher <laughs> offer if you want to be closer to the chaser or not uh, how far ahead of Jakob would you would you want to go so you could play it super safe and just finish like you could start two and a half k ahead of him, beat him and then just end up with nothing just say you've beaten Jakob or you could start a kilometer ahead of him and if you still beat him you're going to get 40 grand. What would you do?
0: Hmm, gotta give him at least a at least a k, otherwise you're buggered. Or I'd be buggered anyway. And probably go. I'd just take a two k head start and just take the money, make a YouTube video. I'd beat Jakob Ingebrigtsen. That'd probably make me ten k in itself.
1: It's a bit too much maths for me. This. So basically, Tom, right? <clears> if <throat> you give him a kilometer, yeah, then that's, yeah, that's twenty grand off your prize money. Oh, yeah. So it's twenty grand a kilometre. Two k,
0: that's forty k gone. Yeah. So, you could so you're only him... going to win ten.
1: But remember, it's let he, he he can run twelve forty. He, he, he runs. Yeah. Like, you got. He, he's got the capability to run that. So and if you run fifteen forty. You're solo as well.
0: Yeah. Give oh, him a k and a half, and then win it. You've got to win it. At moment, point.
2: Yeah. At the moment, I'd have to give him four. I'd I'd, I'd have to just make no money. <laughs> <laughs> I would, t- <laughs> I would, take it. Uh, yeah, four and a half k. I think yeah. you'd give him a four and
1: a half k. You, you'd want a four and a half k head start.
0: So you would just walk five hundred meters. <laughs> <Jackal blaps> yeah. <you. laughs> yeah,
2: I reckon so. You wouldn't just have a nice need, little stroll. You
1: wouldn't need four and a half k head start.
2: <laughs> uh, I don't know. Log- reasonably, what do you reckon? Two and a half.
1: No, two two k. 2K.
2: Two K, do you think? No,
0: no, you, no, no. If no, you give no, him and two and a half K, K, that means you're you're planning to take twice as long as Jakob. So if he's gonna do it in twelve forty, that means you'd do it in twenty four minutes. One so and you a don't half need K. two and a half K. Yeah, I one and a half. half kind of K, so course.
1: so that's twenty five grand you'd give up. So you give him one and a half K no sorry, you get one and a half K head start. And then if you beat him, you're gonna win twenty five K. Yeah. I preferred
2: this one with Usain Bolt. Have you have you seen that one? It's similar. 100 meters, but you're me a I feel a like we've discussed this before
0: as well. Yeah, I might be getting deja vu. I don't know, but yeah, 10. You, have or maybe that was in an athlete, no, That was in my Chanceford group chat. That makes sense. <laughs> <laughs> Carry on. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah, I've seen the Usain Bolt one. You get 10 meter head start for every whatever you take off your prize money.
2: Yeah, 10 grand, 100k, <laughs> but every uh, 10 meter head start, you lose 10 grand.
0: You're still going to come away with a lot of money. If I
1: had 10 meters, 10 meters.
0: You could beat him nine, nine, yeah, ten meters. You probably still have a chance.
1: I'd give him a. Te- I'd, I'd have a ten meter head start. Yeah, that's quite a lot. That's ten percent of the race, math. <laughs> <laughs> right, boys. Right, so that, I've, I've got to get off to my physio. Tom, you have probably got work, and Ben, I'm sure you're ed- yeah. editing something. So uh, yeah, I've
0: got, I've got a video that's meant to be up at four. But that's not going to happen. Right. So that'll be
1: tomorrow. Class boys, great to chat. Thanks for listening Gorgeous. to the podcast, people. And we'll be back next week with um, I've Got a Race this weekend. Anyone else doing anything?
0: No, nothing right. interesting. Final, final thing party. here. Party. I've just oh. noticed in the listener shout outs, Claire Hazel is running Chicago Marathon. She's a listener of the pod. We wish you the best of luck.
1: Go on, Claire. Thanks, Good Claire. luck. Thanks, Claire. And also, final thing anyone that listens to these podcasts while they're racing, some people write in saying that oh, I'm saving it for a race. Don't. Don't do it. It's going to slow you down. Listen to some up-tempo music. Um, don't yeah, don't listen to us while you're racing. We're against that. But if you are racing right now... <laughs> <you're hearing laughs> faster! 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 That's yeah, bloody one. go for it. Go Stop on. listening to us yeah, and go for it. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Right. See you soon, boys. Got a dash. Love you. Bye. Bye-bye. Bye.
0: Ciao, boys.